A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome back to our coverage of the 2022 Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show. I'm joined today by uh, our good friend Ryan Petty, who has been a frequent guest on Cam and Company. And Ryan is a relatively new, like six months or so, right? Right relatively new federal firearms licensee and he is making his first shot show appearance so as somebody who's been here for well i, I get to go home I'm, i i do get to go home every year but uh, you know i've gone to shot show since 2004 and I, I wanted to get your experience and your perspective as you know from some of seeing shot show for the very first time and what this has been like for you. So first of all, let me just ask you a really open-ended question. I mean, what has your SHOT Show experience been like this year? Well, it's it's been wonderful. So um, the chance to meet people in person, um, interact with uh, some of the brands that I've, I've known and loved for years and be able to see them uh, is really fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm a veteran to these big trade shows. I attended CES for a number of years. Um, so I'm used to that. Um, I'm used to the sore feet, being tired, <laughs> um, grumpy, <laughs> right. and, and all of those things that go along with the tr uh, trade show. But this has been a, a, a really great learning experience for me. So, so did you have any goals or expectations or, or like you know strategies? Okay, when I when I get on the ground, I want to do X, Y, and Z. By the time I leave, I want to have accomplished A, B, and C. Or did you just kind of go into this thinking, I'm just going to go and see what I find once I get there? Well, a little bit of both. So I come from the software industry, and one of the things we focus on is trying to solve problems. What problem, if we can't answer what problem are we trying to solve, then we, we don't write software. So I'm approaching it uh, with the lessons learned from that, from that technology and software experience to, to my new venture in, in uh, firearms retailing and manufacturing. So what problem am I trying to solve? So I came here looking for problems that uh, may, may not have been solved by, by other retailers or other, other manufacturers. So I've been doing a little bit of that. Um, but I'm also here just to build relationships and try to solve some other problems that I have right now as a new retailer. It's been tough to get inventory. It's been tough to get products to sell. I have customers interested in buying but I can't give them the answers that they expect from me about when I can deliver uh, their purchase. So are you talking to other distributors? Uh, are you talking to the manufacturers directly? I mean, how, how do you resolve that problem as a, as a new FFL, as somebody who doesn't necessarily have those relationships that have been built up over time? Where have you turned to try to solve that problem? Yeah, I mean, right now, as you um, probably know, right, we're on, everything's under allocation. So it's kind of first come, first serve. And since I'm new and my order volumes are low, I'm kind of the last one to get notified on allocation. So, so um, what I've been trying to do is diversify my supplier relationships. I think that's a, a fact for most retailers that I've spoken to that have been here at the show is that they used to have, a, you know, probably a primary and a secondary. Now there are, there's three, four, five different relationships, and many of them are trying to get direct to manufacturer relationships. Um, but that's tough because you know manufacturers would prefer to deal with a wholesaler and you know sell large quantities as opposed to you know 10 or 15 to a retailer. So so that's a challenge. And so everybody's just trying to solve that. But for me, I think it's been diversifying my ability, my supplier 
and just being able to have more suppliers. You know, as we're talking, I don't know that this is a uh, I don't know that this is a solution, but um, have you thought about the idea of, of you know independent shops like yourself um, forming some sort of maybe like co-op? for a, you know, to combine your buying powers, you can compete with some of the bigger stores in terms of volume. I don't know if that's, I don't know how practical that is, but maybe that's a way to uh, to, to help out, you know, the smaller shops and the end of the, the independent mom and pop shops that, that are struggling because it's not, I'll tell you, it's not just the new guys, it's the small guys, it's the small shops. Uh, you know, my local gun store in Farmville, I think I talked about this on the show before, but I've got a buddy who works there and they have ordered cases of nine millimeter ammunition and they have received a box, you know, because they're they're having to compete against every gun store in Richmond, every gun store in Lynchburg, you know, up in the D.C. area, like even in just a, for a Virginia gun store, they're a they're a rural gun shop. They don't have that kind of volume that uh, some of the bigger stores have. And so everybody does get hurt. Is that even an option, though, to to kind of pool your resources with other, you know, small indie shops where uh, around where you are? Yeah, it's interesting. I think um I learned today, or I learned at Chacho Show, that buy groups. Um, the manufacturers told me, hey, look, why don't you join a buy group if you're having trouble with your wholesaler? So so I think there are options. Okay. The, the, the problem, I think, with most, most of those is that they are geographically based. And I think your, you know, your thought about putting together a buy group for small retailers that may be geographically close together but, but actually sell to different customers probably probably a valid idea that could could solve some problems for some of us and buy we could buy in enough quantity that would be interesting for a manufacturer to sell to us and we're not as concerned about the territorial issues because you know we're selling to you know just our local communities right yeah and what do you want to do with with your business you talk about you want to sell guns you also said are, are you interested in manufacturing firearms as well I am, and that was part of the sort of the innovation, sort of see what's going on out in in, in the space. I mean, I, coming from the technology space, we, you know, we're constantly focused on the new and innovating, right, and creating something new and solving some new problem. And and so there's some interesting parallels between software and, and firearms, particularly, you know, America's uh, rifle, the AR-15, right? The AR-15 is is designed to mil- military specs, right? And those are like software APIs. When you write a piece of software, you want to talk to Google. You write software based on their API. Well, those mill specifications are, are essentially like an API. So how do you innovate, innovate in an environment where you've got you know, st- stringent, uh, uh, it's probably not the right exact word, but, but you've got a specification. How do you innovate around that? So I was here looking for uh, opportunities to inno- innovate around that platform because I think that's an interesting um, that's an interesting platform, and I think there's some, I think there's some problems that aren't being solved yet by the firearms industry that, that could be solved. So um, with some with some technology and some innovation. So uh, is that the platform you then want to focus on when you uh, when you start building your own? Is it, are you going to be making AR? I think so. I think that's the that's uh, I, the bread and butter, so to speak, of what uh, is is popular in selling. I think um, some I'm interested in in companies shooting and long-range shooting also. I've got the long-range shooting bug. Uh, I, need to get, <laughs> I, I need to get the equipment to make me better, right? Uh, so, um, so that's interesting to, to me too, but there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of modularity and innovation going on in that, in that area um, that I saw at SHOT Show that's very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you talk about, you know, modularity, we're talking about taking a striker fire pistol and actually having the ability to turn that into 
uh, you know, part of a, a modern sporting rifle, right? That, that becomes the, basically the receiver, the lower receiver of a modern sporting rifle. I mean, that's the type of modularity that, that is on display right now. It is, and that's and again when you when you've got standards and everybody understands what those standards are, you can start to see innovations happen around these platforms. So that was uh, that was one of the highlights of the shot show that I saw was that striker fire pistol being um, essentially an AR lower, <laughs> and so so very cool stuff. Yeah, it really is very cool stuff. So um, you know, in terms of the. Uh, the ability for for you to get you know, your product out there to your customers obviously um, that that is a challenge not only for yourself but I think for the vast majority I think even the the big players are, are feeling this pinch to some degree or another and unfortunately is you know what 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 I have found is that um, particularly with the ammo companies nobody really wants to go on the record and talk about the situation right now I think because they don't have great news to report um, you know they, they will tell you they're working 24/7 they're adding capacity where they can um, but you know the demand is still sky high which which you have probably seen just as an FFL over the last six months like it is we're still in that mindset where we were I think largely where we were two years ago of when I go into the store if there's ammo on the shelf, even if I don't need it, even if I've got you know plenty at home, I'm grabbing it because I don't know if it's going to be there the next time I show up. So if it's there, it's it's gone as soon as I walk out the door. Yeah, and even if it's not the price you hoped it would be, you're you're buying it. And so um, I, I see myself doing that too. I think I think as long-term gun owners, I think we all wish the last two years hadn't happened. But it it it's one of those things where you don't want to be caught again. I I didn't expect 2020 to turn out the way it did and I had I remember sitting there I, this is funny I actually had a shopping cart uh, you know full of ammo <laughs> and I let it sit because we were we were moving to a new city and I just didn't I didn't buy in January and then in March when everything settled down I, I, I went back to that retailer and I realized I had left you know a few thousand rounds in the cart and uh, the price was uh, you know, probably three times what it was in January or whatever. So it was, um, um, I don't think we, as firearms owners, I don't think we want to be caught in that position. So when you see ammo on the shelf, you take a few boxes home with you. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I mean, it's it's human nature, but I think it also uh, goes a long way towards explaining why two years later, we are still in the midst of this, uh, you know, ammo shortage around the country. Um, so despite the challenges that you've had in the first six months of being an FFL, um, has it been worth it so far? Are you are you uh, you're ready to move forward? You're not going to give up and say ah, I'm going to sell cars or I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do something else in the uh, the tech industry. You're you're going to stick with this for a while. Yeah, I think this is um, this is important. This is a uh, there, there's a lot of things I do. Um, this is important to me for a number of reasons. Um, one is I think I can make a contribution. I, I, I think back to my first retail experience and how that went. It was very intimidating to buy a firearm. I want, uh, I think we as retailers, we can improve on that experience, especially with so many first time gun buyers that don't know what they don't know. And how can we make that a better experience for them? One of the ways we can make a better experience is having inventory <laughs> in the store so that when they come in, they can, they can, they can, pass their background check and take that gun home. Um, that is um, probably not the experience for most of these first time gun buyers this last year. 
they probably didn't realize the restrictions that they had voted for in previous years would, would come back to haunt them this year, but they also probably expected to be able to go buy something and, and, and go home with it that same day or, or a couple days later, and that's just not the case this year. So um, I think I want to I focus on can we improve the retail experience a bit? But this is important to me for other reasons. You know, the, the tragedy that befell my family and the loss of our daughter, um, you know, our founders gave us a gift. They gave us a gift of the Second Amendment, the ability to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Um, and, and I want to preserve that. I want to be part of preserving that. I won't be the only one that preserves that. I don't want to sound that, that sounded arrogant, but I, I want to be part of preserving that for my kids and for my grandkids. And so being here is, it, it, it's more than just a show. It's more than just uh, a business. It's a, um, it's a mission. It's important uh, that we, we pass this on. And this is the community that we do that. Well, listen, you know, I, I know that there are going to be people out there who, who know your story and are going to say, Ryan, I don't understand how you could want to be a gun dealer, you know, um, based on the, what happened to your family. Have you actually had anybody ask that? Like, how, how, how can you do that? How can this be your mentality? Why aren't you out there trying to ban guns instead of trying to make them and sell them? Almost every day, Cam. Uh, somebody, somebody says that to me. Um, um, at this point, I just chalk it up to them not really understanding what happened in Parkland. Um, if you know, and I know you, you know, you and I have had a number of conversations, um, the gun wasn't the issue. Um, there were so many other issues. And when you look at every one of these school shooting cases, and for that matter, violence in society in general, it's not a firearms problem. It's a social problem. Um, it's a social fabric problem. It's breakdown of the family. It's breakdown of community. And if we're going to solve those problems, it's, it's not banning or restricting our, our rights and freedoms. That's not how we become safer. We become safer by strengthening our communities. So uh, that's what I want people to understand about my story. And, and, you know, at this point, I just chalk it up to ignorance. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and it's interesting that you said that because um, my my light reading my, my my bedtime reading this week at shot show um has been uh the book mind hunter by uh the the founder of the behavioral sciences unit of the fbi and i it was a netflix series too uh for two seasons for those who haven't watched it but as i like the spoiler alert um at the end of the book where he's sort of summing up here's what i've learned in my 25 years as an fbi profiler he said almost exactly what you said that the answer to addressing violent crime lies beyond the law, that we can't expect police to solve these, to, to solve that problem. They can solve crimes, they can arrest bad guys, but he said, honestly, what we really need if we want to see less violent crime overall is we need to see more love. And that's what he, I mean, that's, he was explicit in saying, we need to take better care of kids, we need to treat our neighbors better, we need to not tolerate uh, the violence that we see, we need to, you know, react as a community with love and say, well, this is intolerable. We're not going to accept it. Um, but when you've got a law enforcement officer who has spent a career putting away some of the most violent individuals in society, and he says, you're not going to legislate your way out of this. You're, you're not, you can add, you can hire as many police as you want, but that's not going to solve the problem. The problem goes deeper. I, I think we actually, we need to take that to heart. It is time that we take that to heart. And it would be great 
if superficial solutions could could solve everything. Um, but we know that it can't. And so I, I appreciate you sharing your perspective. I, I know that you must get tired of talking about it sometimes. Um, but those folks in their ignorance, that can only be countered through education. It can only be solved or addressed by folks like yourself sharing your story. And so, again, thank you for doing everything that you do, um, not just for our Second Amendment rights, but, but honestly, to, to make sure that we do have a safer society, to make sure that, that parents and families don't have to go through the pain that your family has suffered. Well, thank you, Cam. That's very nice. I, um, yeah, I don't want anybody to go through what we've had to go through. Um, it's, um, you know, if we can strengthen families, strengthen communities, reach out to our neighbors. I, I can't wait for this pandemic thing to be over so we can get back. And, and uh, I would encourage everybody, once the masks come off and the mandates come off and all the other things that are going on, walk over to your neighbor's house, knock on the door, take them a pie, right. <laughs> do something. Reintroduce yourselves and just reestablish those relationships because at the end of the day, uh, we depend on each other. We depend on each other for a lot of things. And, you know, that doesn't mean we, we can't and shouldn't be self-sufficient to the point that we can and we, and we should do all those things. But times when we need our neighbors, when the fence blows down or, or tragedy strikes or whatever. And so uh, I, I hope that as a nation, we will reawaken that sense of community and get to know our neighbors and uh, and reach out and, uh, and and be willing to have conversations and again you know when I when I say when I use the term ignorance I mean that not in a pejorative I mean that literally yeah. like they just don't understand and so your point about education just you know say hey look you may, maybe you don't understand uh, what I what I've been through maybe you don't understand um, my point of view on this let me explain it to you um, and I think the more of that that we do, we strengthen our communities, strengthen our, um, our families primarily. I think that's the solution to a lot of this is stronger families. Um, once we do those things, and yeah, then I think we're, a, we're a safer country and we will have preserved the rights and freedoms that we've enjoyed for our future generations. Ryan Petty, where can folks find the, uh, the, the store? Where can folks find Solid Gunworks? at uh, solidgunworks.com right now you can go uh, sign up for our email list and and we'll get back to you with as soon as we find some inventory <laughs> well, listen man thank you for everything that you do i'm so glad we got a chance to meet each other in person finally uh and uh i am looking forward to continuing this conversation throughout the year man thank you so much for everything you're doing thank you cam all right, that is going to conclude this edition of uh, Varian Arms Cam and Company. I'm going to go hit the uh, exhibition hall floor. I'm going to try to get as much other information and news stories as I can find. I will tell you the writing side of this is going to be a little challenging. I'm on a red-eye flight uh, tonight. I'll be back on the ground in Virginia tomorrow. Uh, so the, the coverage of SHOT Show will continue for the next several days as I uh, sit down and try to write up everything that I've seen and heard uh, here in Las Vegas. But I do want to thank the folks at the National Shooting Sports Foundation. This has been a great event. Uh, it is so good to be back in person and, uh, you know, getting a chance to spend some quality time with uh, with members of this industry, uh, just catching up with old friends. So it has been uh, it's been very good. It's been hard on the feet, but it's been good for the soul. Uh, and I, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed our coverage. Don't forget to check out BarryandArms.com throughout the weekend. We'll see you back here with another edition of Cam & Company on Monday. But until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.